Hello, welcome to episode five of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm and with me as always is our WHL expert Liz Child. This week we've got news and notes from the recent U-17 championship, the week's WHL headlines including a ton of player movement. Uh, the Nashville Predators are our NHL team of the week and we'll have a, a little bit of a variation on our goalie spotlight this week along with, of course, our weekly Cotter Bedard report. So let's get into it. What have you been up to this week, Liz? Um, honestly, this week has been all San Jose Barracuda for me. It's been a lot of uh, just games. Literally, I think they've had five games in seven days last week, and then they had another two or three games this week. And it's it's been a time, but it's been really exciting. Um, and I'm excited to get back into some WHL stuff this week now. Excellent. And uh, I had a very uh, prospect-heavy week out at uh, U17. It's, I was able to get out to the Fraser Valley for three days, uh, including the medal day. So I got to see uh, two very exciting 16-year-old phenomenons from Team USA and James Hagens and Cole Eiserman um, and see their excitement right after they won their first gold medals in their uh, in their USA jerseys. So that was, uh, that was fun. They both broke the existing tournament scoring record uh, that goes back to 2014 and Iserman's 12 goals in the tournament also tie some guy named Alex Ovechkin for the uh, uh, tournament. <laughs> casual thing. Yeah, no, no big deal. So uh, that might be a name that you want to remember. And even though it's it's pronounced Iserman, but it's spelled E-I-S-E-R-M-A-N. So He's got some uh, some good connections to uh, you know top end players uh, as far as that all goes too. Um, as far as players from the dub, I did get to see I didn't get to see Canada white, but I did get to see Canada black three times, and I got to see Canada red twice. And um, after Canada red's win that sent them through to the gold medal game, I had a brief chance to uh, speak with Berkeley Catton from Spokane and to Tish Aginla from Seattle. Um, they're both super excited, obviously, about the opportunity to play for a medal. And uh, when I asked them just very quickly about their experiences in the dub so far this year, um, Berkeley was effusive about everything that's happened and very excited about the way his season has gone so far. And uh, as you might expect from a kid that's been around high-level hockey his whole life, Tijiginla was a lot more um, grounded about the whole situation and gave me the old... I just want to focus on the gold medal game tomorrow, if that's okay. Of course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's bred in, for sure. Um, but uh, it, was, it was just a ton of fun. It was really cool to see these 16-year-olds kind of take their, their first steps on the uh, international ice surface, if you will, and... Uh, Definitely some names to uh, to watch out for as uh, as we go ahead. So uh, it was it was well worthwhile. Um, now let's get into this long list of news and transactions that we had going on this week in the dub. Take it away. Yeah, it's been a big week. You know, uh, the Blazers. I feel like every week we should just call this the Kamloops Blazers podcast because I just say their name thirty thousand times. Uh, but the Blazers made a trade with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, they received Shea Van Olm. Uh, you know, Van Olm is, a, is one of those guys that, you know, you, every time you hear his name, you're like, oh, yeah, Shea Van Olm. Okay, I know who that is. I know who you're talking about. But then as long as you're not talking about him, you just kind of go, wait, who? 
Um, and I think he's going to be like a consistent depth piece. It's a good pickup, I think, for the Blazers, but it's not one of those that's going to sit there and be like, oh, man, he's going to make an immediate big impact on this team. Um, they did only trade a conditional seventh um, in 2024 for him, so it's not like that's going to be you know, some big make or break. Oh, man, this is going to be the worst trade that they had this season. <laughs> um, and then they went out and traded uh, with the Oil Kings again, uh, the Blazers picked up Jacob Demick, uh, and that was a bigger piece. Um, it it was two separate trades, which I was like, all right, you guys could have <laughs> just done that, but that's fine. Um, they did uh, – the Oil Kings received Rodino's 2023 first-round pick and a conditional 2024 second-round pick, um, along with a conditional 2026 third-round and a 2026 fourth-round. So that was a pretty big haul for Regina or for, for – Edmonton, uh, which, you know, Edmonton seems to be in that, hey, let's tear it all down. Let's start over. Let's, you know, we had a great season last year, but so many pieces didn't come back. You know, they traded Luke Prokop. It's been just such a big, okay, we're starting over. Um, and honestly, I think it's going to work out for them. It's been nice, and they're getting all these guys to teams that where they need to go. Um, the Winnipeg Ice, uh broke my heart and traded for goaltender Mason Bovhit. Uh Sharks prospect. Love him to death. He's incredible. I hope he gets all the cereal he wants. If you don't understand that story, I wrote a feature on Spokane Chief, who used to be part of the Sharks organization, uh, gave me some insider information. Um, but yeah, so they traded a 2023 eighth for, and Dawson Cowan, Cohen, um, Sorry, they received Mason Bopit and a 2023 eighth round and then sent the Winnipeg Ice sent Spokane a uh, Dawson Cohen, another goaltender, kind of fill that backup spot behind Cooper Mikuluk, uh with a 2024, 2025 fourth round, a 2026 third round, and a 2026 sixth round. Uh, so another big haul. Bopit, you know, he was 0 and 8 uh, before this trade. But I feel like that shouldn't be a reflection on Bo Pitt. Obviously, the Winnipeg Ice felt the same way and said, okay, you know what? We will we will give you all of this. Just give us, give us Bo Pitt. Um, he is reunited with Graham Sward, a defenseman that Spokane traded to Winnipeg earlier in the season. And I'm extremely excited to see how they do. You know, Winnipeg is a dynam dynamic team, and they picked up some really good guys. Also, Spokane and Winnipeg, please stop trading because Jack Finley last year and then Graham Sward and Mason Bo Pitt this year, I can't keep up. Um, so, and then the Victoria Royals received a commitment from, uh, check forward Robin. I am going to butcher his last name because I have not actually heard it yet. Uh, but Robin Sapasek, Sapasek. That seems pretty good. Yep. I'm going with that. Uh, yep. who was the seventh overall selection in the 2022 CHL import draft. And that's very exciting. Um, I think for the Royals who, kind of need a little bit more to get going this season if they want to make playoffs. Um, the Seattle Thunderbirds got Jared Davidson back from injury, got him back in the lineup. He's already had a really strong start to the season, and it's only getting better. Um, don't be surprised, though, if they bulk up a little more before the trade deadline because the, the Thunderbirds have proven they're perfectly fine with just adding more guys. Um, <laughs> I told you, we have a lot going on this week. Uh, the Rangers reassigned uh, – Ryder Korzak to the Moscow Warriors on Monday, uh, which was, 
you know, a big get back for the Warriors. It's going to be nice for them to have that that powerhouse. Um, you know, they already have Braden Yeager still in the team, and they're just adding more assets, and it's it's going to be an interesting season for the Warriors. Um, you know, <laughs> Brett Kissio, uh, the Lethbridge Hurricanes head coach, was named an assistant coach for Team Canada. Um, and that's going to be really fun for world juniors, but also, you know, Dennis Williams over at Silvertips head coach uh, was named team Canada's head coach for world juniors. And I personally think it's going to be really interesting seeing how that works out because uh, last last season when they were missing a few guys, the Silvertips kind of went on a little bit of a slump and it kind of gave other teams a chance to kind of catch up. Also, I'm very sorry if you guys could hear everything going on. I am at Texas Arena today. Uh, we have a Barracuda game, and so I'm here pretty early in the morning. So apologies for all the sound in the background. Um, but the also, show must go other- on. <laughs> <laughs> last bit of news, though, um, in Everett news that happened right now. Uh, the Everett Silvertips have called up three affiliate players in Julian Mays, a 2004-born forward, uh, Carter Bear, younger brother of um, – I'm not going to go Bear with that. from the I'm Vancouver Cup. Not going with that. We're going to just keep going. Okay. I have not actually checked. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I just saw Carter Bear and my brain said notes. Yes. Um, forward 2006 born Carter Bear. Uh, and then defenseman Logan Greeno. 2005 born defenseman. Um, so that's going to be really fun to watch, you know, these kind of affiliate players and guys who who maybe want to fight fight to stay around a little bit longer um there's been just so much going on it's like i feel like (laughs) we probably could add another 10 minutes of news um but those are kind of like the big points of the season and it's been the season this week goodness i'm so sorry i can't talk today um but it's gonna be uh another big one i think this week yeah, we're sort of into that part of the season where teams are starting to make decisions about what they need to do with their years. And uh, I assume that's where a large amount of this player movement is coming from. So uh, good job by you running all that down and uh, keeping all us up to date. Now, uh, moving on to the three stars from last week in the WHL. Uh, let's start with the third star. Uh, going back to the Moose Jaw Warriors, who you touched on earlier, we've got uh, Braden Yeager to start with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Braden Yeager, I feel like everyone's kind of heard his name by now. And if you haven't, you probably should, especially leading up into this draft. Um, He has five points in four games last week with two goals and three assists. Um, This is his first year of draft eligibility and he is projected to go top 10. um, And it's well-deserved. I feel like basically everybody has him in their top 10. A lot of guys have him in their, a lot of, you know, rankings have him in their top five even, um, it's going to be a good year for him, of course. Um, he has an elite shot. He has that NHL speed. Every time he touches the ice, he makes an impact. You you know when he's out there, you go, oh, okay, Braden Yeager, we need to watch out for him. Um, he does everything you want a top prospect to do, and last week it kind of all came together again for him. Uh, 23 points in 19 games this season with nine goals and 14 assists. He's had a fantastic outing. Um, last season had 34 goals as a U17 player, which was the second most for a U17 player <laughs> last year. Two, of course, Connor Bedard. Um, in <laughs> fact, they have the record for the top two in the last 25 years. Um, 
for U17 players and goal scoring. So, you know, as much as we're talking Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, a lot of teams who are going to be a little bit later just off of that for number one overall pick are going to be looking at Braden Yeager and going, hmm, maybe we can add him and get that same kind of, you know, feeling out of him. And I cannot wait to see the rest of the season. But last week was outstanding for him. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, Jaeger's one of those guys who just uh, had the misfortune of being born in the same year as somebody who's like utterly phenomenal. And so is not getting maybe as much attention as he would have if he'd uh, come up in a different season. So uh, still definitely worth uh, worth keeping an eye on. Now for our second star, we'll turn to uh, the Portland Winterhawks and uh, Robbie from Belor. Yeah, so we're going from, you know, uh, first year draft eligible to now a 20 year old overage player in the WHL. Uh, Robbie from Nalarm, you know, he's one of those guys where if you'd asked me at this point last season, you know, if I thought that he was going to be one of the overagers on this team, I would have sat there and been like, he can be, but I don't know. Um, I kind of felt in the shortened COVID season, he kind of lost a little bit of his spark, a little bit of his fire. Uh, and then last season, he kind of was dealing with a bunch of injuries and didn't really get back on his feet and back in the lineup consistently until February. Um, but then he came back in February and he looked like a different player. He looked like the Robbie from the one that, you know, we'd come to expect from him more um, in previous seasons. And, you know, I was really excited. He looked revived. Um, this season, he's come out of the gates and just been like, all right, yes, I'm back. He has 27 points in 17 games. Uh, 10 goals, 17 assists. Last week, he had six points in three games uh, with three goals, three assists. Last night, he had just, just one assist. But, I mean, even so, then you take it and you go, okay, well, he had five points in two games last week. Even even better for him. Um, four of his last four of his last six games have been multi-point games as well. Um, and he's just kind of come out of the gate and been like, all right, you know what, this is my final season here. Let's make it a good one. And it's been really nice to watch. Um, and I personally, I feel like I'm looking for just a little bit more out of him still. But you know what? You I can't say enough about his just kind of return to form. Um, and definitely trending in the right direction if he's uh, making it onto the three stars list. So uh, that's a, definitely a positive sign. There's only one more position for him to climb up to if he wants to do any better than he already is. Uh, now I'll uh, give our weekly reminder as before I announce the first star that uh, it's not Connor Bedard because he gets his own segment <laughs> later on in the show. Uh, so we will we will get to Connor. We like to tease you a little bit before we get to Connor a little bit later on. But uh, this week's first star, uh, we turn to the Prince George Cougars and uh, Riley Height. Yes, uh, Riley has had nine points in three games last week. He's you know three points a game in a single week it's kind of impressive. You know, it's fun to watch. Again, it's another one of those moments where if Connor Bernard wasn't around, it would have been one of those, whoa, he had nine points last week. Um, you know, he had a hat trick and a four-point night against the Vancouver Giants, which I'm so sorry, but you're Vancouver Giants. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he, it was outstanding. He had He's had five consecutive multi-point games, which in itself is incredible. Um, and before the season started, he had said in an interview that he wants to work on his consistency and if you look at his season, I think he's found it. He looks great. Um, last season, he led the, the Prince George Cougars in scoring with 58 points in 65 games. Uh, as a rookie, <laughs> he was two points shy of the team record uh, for points by a rookie. That was set by Brett Connolly in 2009. So, I mean, he's having himself 
a great start to his WHL career and kind of turning a lot of heads, I think. Um, then you look at him and you see, like, Riley Height, and then you have Braden Yeager. They look like really similar players. In my opinion, uh, Height is the probably the more creative of the two, uh, which probably leads to some of those consistency issues or perceived consistency issues. But that creativity is going to get him pretty far if he keeps playing at the level that he has been. Um, and he's another one of the guys who just, like, he makes an impact every time you see him touch the ice. Um, and, uh, yeah, with, uh, with Height and Cohen Zimmer and Prince George, um, lighting the lamp and, uh, putting up tons of, go- of goals, the, uh, the Cougars are off to a, uh, a good start this season. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how they, how they do the rest of the way. Uh, so that's our three stars for the week. Now we will move on to our NHL team of the week and, uh, I think we're just about finished with the central division here. I can't remember all of the <laughs> teams in alphabetical yeah, order by more. city. Uh, but this week we're doing the Nashville Predators. And uh, the two uh, WHL prospects in the Pred system are both a couple of names that you've already mentioned today. So uh, dive in and uh, tell us more about these these two uh, these two players that you're so fond of. Yeah, it's almost like I, I liked these prospects before the Preds picked them up and then all of a sudden now we're talking about them again uh but yeah so Graham Sword drafted by Nashville in the fifth round of uh, over the summer uh, one all I can say one of the nicest guys you will ever talk to just kind of likes being that positive and good influence which I mean I feel like you can see it between both of these players you're gonna see those similarities um but also yeah defenseman he's a big guy he's a physical player uh, he had four points in eight games with Spokane the season before the trade. Now he has two points in four games with the ice, um, all assists. But he's one of those guys that you want patrolling your blue line. He's going to be there and be that presence that is, one, a little intimidating. Uh, but also he's going to be that guy who's going to, you know, hold hold that blue line down and make sure that that puck is not going anywhere. Um, and then you also have Luke Prokop. Seattle Thunderbirds defenseman right now, uh, which still feels weird for me to say uh, Luke Prokop's playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds. I guess it's only been about a week, so we'll get used to it at some point. Uh, 2020 third round draft pick uh, is paired with Kevin Korczynski right now. And I've got to tell you, when I first saw that pairing and that that's what they were in fact going with, I was like, all right, we're done. That's all I need to see. Everything's done for the season. We're good to go. Uh, (laughs) Last season, he had an outstanding playoffs for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Watching him play in the final was honestly a treat. Uh, It was just really fun to see him get out there and just make all of these plays. He had some incredible goals, too, and I believe it was the first game. He just looked so good. Um, And you had to keep an eye on him. Every time he touched the ice, you were just like, all right, yeah, Luke Prokop's there. Let's just follow him around, and it's it's just not going to settle down now that he's with Seattle. <laughs> um, yeah, I followed some of uh, some of Pro Cup's playoff run last summer or spring summer, and uh, was well aware of everything that he was doing in Edmonton. Um, but I didn't actually realize that he's as big as he is. I knew he was like a good, solid, sturdy defenseman. But uh, when I looked up his pro- profile on Elite Prospects last night as I was doing the uh, the prep for this podcast, I loved the first line of their uh, of their analysis of him was 
Prokop is a large human being. Um, <laughs> he's checking in at 6'5 and 220 pounds this year on the uh, on the Seattle website. So uh, that's that's massive. And he's a right shot as well. So as a third round pick for the Preds, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's something about this vibe that kind of whispers Shea Weber to me a little bit. So uh, let's see how that all turns out. You never know. <laughs> uh, you've got a couple more, a uh, couple more guys in the system with uh, with Nashville as well. Yeah, well, I also wanted to point out that over the summer they did invite uh, Everett Silverchips goaltender Braden Holt to Dev Camp and training camp. Um, I have a little kind of inside joke, I guess, with Braden Holt because I accidentally sent him a message being like, "Hey, congrats on getting invited to Minnesota Wild Camp," and then like three hours later, I was like, "Or Nashville Preds Camp, you know, whatever." Um, but he laughed about it. It was fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see, you know, if they keep an eye on him throughout the season, what might happen in the draft, if they, if they end up taking a chance with him, Braden Holt is one of those goaltenders that I love to talk about. I love to watch. Um, obviously he's never at Silvertips goaltender. So there's a lot of expectations on him, you know, following Carter Hart, Dustin Wolf, you know, he's kind of was that next guy and Everett's kind of fallen a little bit from where they, they were the last couple of seasons, but Braden Holt is still that goaltender that you can throw in and, and just be confident that he's going to be able to do what he needs to do. Um, and then personally, uh, you know, they have Cody Glass, Ryan Johansson, and Nito Niederreiter playing in their, in with the NHL club right now. And personally, as a Winterhawks fan, I feel like everyone has to just be excited about that, especially with Ryan Johansson and Nito Niederreiter being reunited on the same line. Uh, for sure. Um, we talked last week with Minnesota and about how strong their connections are to the WHL. And uh, I will also say that every time the Predators come to uh, Vancouver to play the Canucks, we always notice how many BC boys there are in the lineup. Johansson, of course, being from uh, from the lower mainland. And uh, Dante Fabro came up through the BCHL collegiate route, so he didn't play in the dub, but he... Uh, also is from uh, from the Lower Mainland, and so is Colton Sissons, who was a Kelowna Rocket. Uh, and Tanner Genot is another WHL alum who's in the uh, in the Predators system now in his second season out of Moose Jaw. He had a huge year last year with both his, uh, his stick and his fists, so to speak, and was in the conversation a little bit for the Calder. But uh, seems like things have quietened down a little bit around Genot so far this season. But uh, the Preds are starting to get back on track so hopefully things will kind of pick up for them as uh, as we go along now let's uh move on like i said earlier uh, instead of doing our traditional goalie spotlight this week liz has asked for uh, a moment to uh uh share her thoughts on uh, on one of the players that she uh that she loves to focus on and loves to talk about so uh hit us with uh, dante Junuzzi. So it is still a goalie spotlight. Dante Genuzzi is in fact still a goalie. Uh, but I have heard from people who have been like, why aren't you talking about Dante? Because that's all I tend to do on Twitter. So you know what? I'm going to talk about Dante. Uh, last night, from everything I've heard, from everything I watched, you know, everyone has basically been on the same consensus that it was his best game of the season. Uh, made 30, 33 saves on 34 shots last night. Looked fantastic. Um, I know something I, when I've talked to him he's wanted to work on is his rebounds and his rebound control last night was probably the best I've seen it in any game that he's played with the Winterhawks. Um, so far this season, he is 9-1-1-0. Um, and yes, he has a sub-900 save percentage, and you can talk about that all you want. And 
whatever you feel like. It is what it is. You know what? He's had fantastic outings. He's looked great. And if you talk to anyone, he's keeping this team in games, even when they're already winning like 4-1. These games could be a lot worse. Uh, or, you know, they could be like a 4-3 game or 4-4 four, four game, or they could be losing. Um, it's just one of those moments where I feel like a lot of people have not been appreciating what he brings to the table. And I've, you know, we've heard from fans. I've seen some things online where people are just like, why do we have him as an overage goaltender? And you know what? Mike Johnston has clearly shown in the past that if he doesn't have the confidence in a goaltender to carry them through a season, he'll make a trade. He'll make moves. And you know what? He brought Dante Genesi back as an overage goaltender this season. So you know what? I feel like he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, through 11 games with the, the 9-1-1-0, and he's had he started the season with a five-game win streak lost one and then he lost one in overtime and then came back and has a four game win streak going on right now and just had his best game of the season so you know what i'm gonna sit here and really enjoy watching him he came into the season in 2018-19 played four games as shane farkas's backup which you know it, it was fun it was that moment when i went hey who's this kid um came back in the 1920 season while joel hofer was at the world juniors and basically stole the backup job from isaiah, isaiah delora um who both of them kept it together while Joel was at the World Juniors and yeah the shortened season was a little bit rough for him but he came back this season and has looked fantastic for everything he's been asked to do and you know what I will continue to talk about him and be very excited for everything that he has. Uh, and uh, so we must applaud you also for your restraint for waiting until week five of the podcast <laughs> to uh, put Dante in the spotlight. The goalies <laughs> elsewhere around the WHL, thank you for your consideration. Um, moving on, it's Carter Bedard time. Uh, we only have a few minutes left, so uh, let's dive right in with his uh, crazy, crazy stats and achievements of this week. <laughs> Okay, yeah, last week when we checked in on him, he had 31 points in 16 games. Connor Bedard, okay, I said he could do better. He heard me, and this week he has 43 points in 20 games. <laughs> Absolutely going insane right now. Uh, last, he had 12 points in four games with five goals and seven assists. He's on a seven-consecutive multi-point game streak right now. Um, but then on top of that, he took five minor penalties last week, including a, an interference and a roughing on the same play. And it's just one of those moments when, for me personally, I'm like, you know what? He can score. He can play physical. He's taking penalties, but at the same time, he's making up for it very clearly. Uh, it's Connor Bedard. I don't know, you know what else people want from him, aside from, you know, me wanting more points for him. You know what? Next week, Connor, when we check in on you, I want you to have 55 points. Have another 12-point week. Uh, that's that's my goal for him. Uh, he has 130 shots on goal in 20 games, and that's shots on goal. And also the shots on goal counting in the WHL is always a little weird to me. But it's just one of those. I'm just <laughs> everything about his play last week was really exciting. Um, and then you know the WHL did post that Connor Bedard. They posted um, players factoring into their teams. Uh, percentage of goals this season and for the Regina Pats Connor Bedard has been in on 60.8% of all Regina Pats goals this season <laughs> that's I, insane I just it's one of those moments when you just want to sit there and just be like what a time like we get to watch him in the WHL 
Uh, yeah, and uh, and he's coming to British Columbia. Um, the, uh, the the hype is building enormously around town. I have uh, been credentialed for his game against the Vancouver Giants uh, in just over a week's time on the 25th. Uh, and uh, we heard uh, yesterday that the only media availability he's going to do um, is after practice on the Thursday because there's been so much demand for, uh, for a few minutes with him. So I'm picturing that they're going to have to rent out BC Place Stadium in order to squeeze in. And all the uh, <laughs> all the reporters that want to get a chance to uh, see North Vancouver's Cotter Bedard on his uh, on his visit to his home turf, especially with him being on such a tear right now. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, I do have my uh, my Twitter handle up on the uh, the video portion of this podcast today. If you have any questions or uh, thoughts about Connor, things you might want me to ask or uh, look into, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. My handle is uh, pool88, which is at P-O-O-L-8-8. And uh, I will do my best to, uh, to make that happen. Um, and that pretty much draws us to the end of the pod for today, right? Any closing thoughts, Liz? Anything else that uh, I've overlooked or you want to add? Um, I think that's that's all I really had for this week. I, I kind of tried to run through it and <laughs> get words out so that we didn't go too far over this week. Uh, no, and uh, we're, we're coming rolling right in nicely on time. So uh, well done and tons of information. Thank you, as always, for all the hard work that you put in and gathering all the details and watching the games and uh, keeping us up to date on everything that's going on in the, in the WHL and a really uh, exciting and fun part of the, uh, of the season right now. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can subscribe to the Hockey News podcast on your favorite platform and get us and all the other uh, prospect pods, as well as the main hockey news podcast. And uh, thank you to producer Connor Somerville for uh, keeping us in line and organized and uh, making us sound good. We really appreciate it. So uh, from Liz and me, thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next week.